Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where John Negroni and Will Ashton discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. So sit back, relax, and pour one out for the two and only Cinemaholics. Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the official podcast of WeGotThisCovered.com. I'm John Negroni from the Internet California. I'm going to be your host this week, and with me I have a great friend Ugh. back from the bowels of sinisobriety. It's Soundmaster Maverick Hines. You know, uh, even though that might not be the intro I was hoping for, at least it's something different. It's the intro you need right now. Is that the Batman thing? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So we have a great episode of Cinemaholics coming up for you guys. We're going to be talking about Annabelle Creation, having a little bit of fun. It's just the two of us this week. Why why, why is that? Well, you see, Will, being the giver he is, was kind enough to record last week's episode twice because of some technical errors on our part. So we were like, you know what? He's already done two episodes. Let's just give him a week off. Let him refresh. Let him come back hungry and ready to talk about the 500 movies he's probably watched this yeah. week. But if you're if you're craving the Will Ashton treatment, uh, we do have a last call coming up this week. Uh, I believe it's coming out on Wednesday, where Will Ashton and I talk to Alicia Grasso and Matt Donato about Cinematic Universes. It's a fantastic last call. You guys are going to love it. It comes out uh, just a couple days after you're probably going to listen to this, so look out for that. Mm-hmm. This week, uh, man, we're, so we're talking about Annabelle Creation, new horror movie coming out from, it's the Conjuring universe. Uh, what else are we doing, Matt Kinds? Well, it's going to be a fun week, John. Uh, I think because I, I know you're hurting, I know you miss Will, I wanted to make sure that we Can't went... stop thinking about him. Yeah, I know. So I just want to make sure we had some fun, that we made you feel The real horror movie and safe. is a Cinemaholics episode without Will Ashton. That makes me feel very good about myself. Anyway, this week we're going to open up with uh, our new segment, which I'm a big fan of, which is Would You See This? Second time, yeah. We're yeah. going to do it again. John is going to propose a movie to me uh, based off of the trailer that I have not seen. Mm-hmm. It's a new trailer. Mm-hmm. John has seen it. He's going to describe it to me. Do my best. And I will let you all know if Sinisoba Maverick would see that film. Uh, then we're going to... We're doing the marketing for Hollywood. Why do we do everything for them? For the money that we don't get yet. Exactly. Then, uh, before we do our feature review of Annabelle, uh, I'm going to have some fun with John. Uh, as you guys might know, I am a big fan of horror flicks. Horror flicks. I have to make sure I pronounce Not that Not confused with pure flicks. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of horror movies, so I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to ask John a couple questions, and we're going to have a little convo about the genre as a whole because i'm weird about horror movies so you're just uh, weird in general but that's not important right now (laughs) and then from that we're going to go into annabelle we're going to start with a spoiler free review yeah film yeah no spoilers you you're fine and then after that we're gonna hold your hand (laughs) don't sweat it it's fine and then uh, after that we will go into a spoiler rich it won't be that long i I mean it's like yeah i just wanted a good description we just want to like talk about how much we like Things that happen in the ending were hate. I don't know. Pretty much. Who knows? Yeah. What Not a lot. Whatever. Yeah. So let's start off with our new segment, John. New Hit segment with Would I see this? Sort of new segment. Would you even watch this? It's would still, you even watch this? It's still new. It's only the second time we've done it. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best here because you know I'm, I'm trying to I'm putting on my Hollywood executive hat on. He's I'm he's actually on wearing my a white hat. privilege. I got like a gray beard going on right yeah. now and a little cane monocle. You're wearing your Make America Great Again hat. It. So yeah, yeah, something like that. So uh, no, it's just gonna be a top hat because you know it's Hollywood. So uh, here we go because yeah, that's what they wear. Maybe it's a fedora. <laughs> Everyone in Hollywood has a fedora or a top hat. <clears throat> yeah, and also, also I don't think I'm a Hollywood executive because in this case, anyway. Okay, 
That's a movie where the emotional foundation is Jennifer Lawrence. What color being... is Jennifer Lawrence's hair? Well, it's blonde. <gasps> yeah, yeah, oh, okay. I know. It's blonde J Law. This is that kind of J Law. Okay. So the emotional foundation of this movie, the, like where we start, where she's happy, she's a housewife. Okay. She gets out of bed, kisses her husband, played by world renowned actor Javier Bardem. I like his voice. She's like paints. She's painting stuff. And she's like, yeah, let's build a paradise. Are they happy together? They're so happy. She asks her husband, are you happy? Oh, okay. And he's like, I love you. Like, he doesn't say it like that, but like, that's how I interpret it, right? He's like, Ooh. I mean, I love you. Is that not so there's some, there's some under, un, there's some layers to this. And he does it with like a Spanish accent. So anything in Spanish accent sounds affectionate. And then, you know, this is it's fine. It's fine. Then Jennifer Lawrence... She finds blood on the carpet. Okay. Right. You know, in this movie, you know, the the house is like a character. So it's kind of like, oh, it's like someone's died. So we're like three seconds into this and she's 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 viewing blood blood on the carpet. And she touches it. And then the music, this is important. It slowly, gradually turns. It's like a a ticking. And then, and then, uh, well, I mean, what can. A knocking. What kind of music, though? Is it like... It's like, you know, like creepy... Is it like Owl City, or is it like a horror movie? Well, sound? we'll get there, because it's not, it's not that it's full of... Like, so, okay. again, you, you hear a little knocking. They have a guest. Ed Harris, to be exact. Ed walks Harris? Walks through the door. And JLL's like, hey, uh, why are we uh, letting a stranger sleep in our house, you know? So he's there to stay. And, and we, don't, we don't see... I don't know, because we don't, we don't see Javier Bardem respond. I want to say he shrugs. He's like, ah, yeah. Okay. Another guest the next day. <gasps> yeah. J-Law's like, hey, uh, did you know this guy has a wife? And the trailer's like, whoa! Because it's Michelle Pfeiffer. As Michelle Pfeiffer? No. <laughs> the door as Michelle Pfeiffer. And then okay. the screen says, from Darren Aronofsky, director of Requiem for a Dream mm. and Black Swan. But see, the nice thing is that, you know, that like that, that sound I was talking about, it's like every time a word pops up on screen, that's how you know this movie is going to be like sharp. Ooh. Okay. 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 So just so I'm caught up here, happy marriage, kind of, apparently, yeah, yeah, blood like on the carpet, two unknown guests, two strangers, and they're sleeping in the house and this and blood on the carpet. Now there's blood on the wall. That's not that's good. Weird. And Ed Harris is acting creepy, kind of sneaks up on her. And J-Law snoops in his stuff and goes to Javier. She's like, hey, uh, there are like pictures of you in this dude's luggage. And Javier Bardem gives her like a constipated face. And he's like, what were you doing in their luggage? <laughs> what? And she accident? looks at him. She looks at him and she's like, oh, hell no. We see J-Law put some weird stuff in a glass. It gets all yellow and she drinks it. Poison? Huh? There's a party. Just straight up sulfur. And she touches someone's shoulder. And it's Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. I don't know. The trailer treats it like it's a oh, big thing. Oh, it's like, thing. we already know she's there. Right. I don't okay. know. But it's the music. <laughs> the music is telling you it's a big deal. We see a basement wall, and then we hear like a crash. Is there something on the other side? A light bulb flickers on, and blood fills the inside of the incandescent glass, illuminating the room red until it bursts. The beat of the trailer becomes like someone's fingering a violin with a jolly rancher jay law sees ed harris <laughs> pleasuring his wife the trailer says seeing is believing what and is javier it? finally answers jay law's previous question is like chill girl they're here to see me and he's smiling like he just <laughs> murdered a school bus 
<laughs> J-Law tears through that wall from before. Okay. The wall with blood on it. Yeah. Okay. Secret passage. And then we hear her say to Javier, you're insane. She says it. But she says it like she's wailing. Mm. Insane. She looks out the window. Dozens of people, all with flashlights. What are they looking for? Yeah, what, what's going on here? Javier's like, all I'm trying to do is bring life into this house. Open the door to new people. No ideas. I don't think he sounds like that. Sure. And then he's like, okay, I'm sorry. His voice is much more rich than that. I mean, I can't even begin to match the depth and my question, crescendo of his voice. Yeah. My question is, why didn't you do the accent for his voice the second time? The first time you did his accent, the second time you were straight. And I'm, just, I'm just going with the flow. Okay. Yeah. Follow your intuition. J-Law. J- so he says like, okay, I'm sorry. J-Law <laughs> screams, get out of my house. Her house. Get she, she's out of my it. house. That is blonde J-Law. Black inky fog stuff starts to cover all of the walls and the ceiling. So it looks like they're not bringing that much life into the house. And then we see a whole wall full of pictures of Javier Bardem. But some monster lights him on fire. And the last thing we see is Jennifer Blonde Lawrence, all sweaty. <laughs> and she's screaming into the camera, No! Fade to black. The movie's called Mother. With an exclamation point. Would you even watch this? I just went through so many things. I feel like I saw the movie. And I feel like I didn't like that movie. <laughs> there was a lot there. Uh, would you watch it in the theater? Would you rent it? Would you force somebody that you don't like to watch it? What so, would you do? So here's my thing. It sounds like it's a horror movie. Well, it's Aaron Aronofsky, so it's not really a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's Whatever. a psychological thriller. It sounds like something like that. So I'm automatically inclined to be like, yeah, I want to see this. Because that's, that's my thing, right? That's what we're talking about this week. Your description of it makes me less than excited. Maybe it's just because I feel like a lot of what you described relied on the music for context. The music's so good. And I didn't have Let's watch that. the trailer after this. After we will do that. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with, yeah, I, I, that's something I think I want to see in the theater. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. Staring at, great director. One yeah. of the best directors at Alive. Names mean Let's, nothing to me. We're, we're going to watch it. That's all right. Also, the movie I, comes out next month. What is what so. is the husband's name? Javier what? Bardem. Javier Bardem. I think he should be offended at how poorly you did his oh, voice. hands down. Easily. Because yeah. his voice is perfect. Yeah. That's I should have just... <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know what way, else I should have done. I focused way too much on that, but that was like a big deal to me. Yeah. Well, no wonder you were on the fence. <gasps> yeah. I'm going to see it. And okay. I'm going to let you all know what I think about it. I'll see it with you. I think That's, I still need to see The Vault from last time. Yeah. When does that come out? I forget. But Mother comes out September 15th. We're going to check it out and talk about it on the Cinema Hawks podcast. There we go. But, uh, yeah. So... so Never kinds. Um, you love horror movies. I do. So here's here's what we're going to do next, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a couple questions in I'm regards to horror movies. Around. That's like, right. What we're going to do next. Will's not around. I feel free to take the reins. Yeah, kind of my own over here. <laughs> um, I just want to start with a simple one. Uh, as you said before, you're not you know the biggest inclination towards horror I'm movies. Not, no. Um, so for our cinemaholic cinemaholic listeners and cinesober friends, mm-hmm. what would you peg? as your favorite or maybe your first, you know your top couple horror movies ever and i know you i think you said before that you're more inc- like you, you like some of the more new age like the modern ones well okay give you, us the rundown john i'm i'm okay so my thing is i don't like to rewatch a lot of horror movies okay but i do rewatch a lot of recent horror movies and, and here, here's the thing 
best horror movies of all time came out in the 70s. The Exorcist. Uh, my favorite horror movie of all time is Halloween. Halloween. The first one? Yeah. But that's the thing. I don't rewatch Halloween. Yeah. I just love that movie. I've seen it plenty of times, but I mean, it's not... I watch it on Halloween. That's, you know, but... How convenient. It's so different from like what I... That's the thing. I love those movies, but what... The recent horror films, I like them for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Okay. Can like, you give us And I'm not talking about reasons? like The Conjuring movies. Like we're going to talk about Annabelle. I'm talking about It Follows, The Babadook. Even It Comes at Night to an extent. Stuff like that. I thought we decided that It Comes at Night wasn't a horror movie. It isn't. But you know, it, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's so inventive that it's sort of carving its own I, path I, in I the know. horror genre. And I, that's what I love how innovative they are. So I don't know how I feel about them yet. Even a movie like uh, The Witch. Which is another movie that isn't really horror. Yeah, okay. It's so good. I'm and with it, you. It's, just, it's a different, you know. So are, are you saying Halloween would be at the top of your list then? Halloween's at the top of my list. I, I think just the, the horror movies from the 70s, ca- yeah. they capture creepy, atmospheric horror yeah. in a way that like, well, I, mean, I don't know. A lot of it hadn't been done yet, right? So it wasn't as played out as we see Maybe not so much now, but yeah. like what, five, ten years ago that we had that spell of just horrible. We were horror talking movies. about that. Like I, and I was thinking more about it. like I, I remember one bright spot from like two thousand like after the ring, the first one came That's out. That's what it was. After that kind of started a dry spell. That and the grudge were like these just great horror films that came out. And then I was thinking like The Strangers was like one that I did like in two thousand seven. But even that, it was like the reason I liked it was because it was so much like seventies yeah. era horror films okay but your your favorite horror film well i was just gonna say before we move on to me let's do i'm gonna answer with my favorite kind of older one and then my favorite newest newest one so your older one would be halloween what's your favorite maybe more modern Uh, it follows it follows it it follows i think is like that's one of the few i actually haven't seen i own it we're we're gonna watch it because you know we've got the technology yes um i I definitely agree with you on the the 70s you know i i love halloween i love all those um, I also really like, um, would we consider like psycho to be a horror movie? Yes, absolutely. That's, that's one of my favorites. Um, also the birds it's classic. <laughs> the I birds really, is good. Yeah. yeah for the what birds is a classic. Um, I wouldn't I put those as maybe my favorites, things. but I really, really enjoy those really old school ones. Yeah. Um, Hitchcock is a master. Obviously one that came, I don't, well, let me look at this up before I do it. As, as far as my favorite modern one, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with, uh, sinister. And I know that's probably an unpopular favorite for a lot of people. Is it? I feel like Sinister has a good following. And it, I didn't see the sequel, but I remember it didn't go over super well. I, I, I didn't either. Um, and that's because I usually just don't watch horror movie sequels mm-hmm. because I'm just, I don't know. I, I feel like yeah. I don't have any faith in those. Well, there was, there was also like a resurgence, right? And it, it kind of peaked, I think, with... Uh, the Conjuring in 2013, and I'm talking about like the blockbuster horror movies. Yeah. Okay. So not like It Follows or Babadook or those like indie horror flicks, the ones yeah. that are like super out there. Uh, Conjuring came out, and before that, you had Insidious, Paranormal Activity, the Blumhouse oh. thing basically started up, and like that Brain Trust started putting out uh, The Purge was another one. Mm-hmm. And I think those a lot of those are hit and miss. I'm not as big a fan of Insidious. I know you aren't either. And so I. Hiding in Connecticut was one of the first. I'm very passionate about how I feel about Insidious because I actually loved that movie for most of the movie mm-hmm. until we saw the demon thing. Yeah, I really lose the moment he steam. was in that little dungeon or whatever. I was like, I hate, like I, like, yeah, especially I hated when like the they started getting out of like 
the real world and stuff that started freaking me out not freaking me out i just felt like the, me out. The, the the costume design for the demon ruined the movie for me it looked like he was wearing like yeah. like snow gloves with like halloween nails taped to them and it just sure bugged me. anyway sorry back to my, my thing so that my modern one would be sinister um I guess I can't really consider this an older one, but the original Jeepers Creepers is one of my. I'm trying to remember what year that came out. 2001. Yeah. I, that's what I was, I was like, looking is that 2001 or maybe the sequel that came out in 2004? Yeah, I, I thought it was older than that. Um, and for me, that one's more. Yeah. I know it's not necessarily the high quality horror film, but it's totally just a nostalgic thing for me. It was one of my first ones I ever saw. It scared the living hell that, out of me. That, that movie, the first time I saw it, though, was on TV, which was super sanitized. Oh, okay. So it wasn't quite yeah. as... Uh, yeah. I know that the uh, the second one went to TV quick. Like, it didn't have a long theater life. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a made-for-TV movie and we already forgot. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I, I For me, the, the first Sheepers Creepers was just so different with the whole, like, he eats body parts, and that's kind of like his backup body parts, and mm-hmm. the setting was cool, and the little dungeon of bodies on the wall. Like, it was all just so terrifying for me when I was... Was it Justin Long in that one? We're seeing the other yeah, one. Yeah, just not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, that's that's one of my things. Um, so it definitely had like, a different effect on you, and I think it had more to do with like your childhood, because you were a bit younger when this came out. For me, yeah. like I don't know, I was 11-ish when this movie came out, and I kind of was... I, I was into horror movies. I think it was around the time like I was really into uh, Darkness Falls and like those movies, but I don't know, Cheaper Scoopers never heard. I yeah, I, I, and that's the thing. Like I understand that that's not like a... You know, it's not a classic by any means. But I know so many people love it, though. I mean, yeah. It's not... Like I think it's a, one of those, like, well, small cult morons. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so my, my second question, John, and this one you might not be able to answer, but I figure it's worth asking. Like 20 questions. Okay. In all of the horror movies that you have seen and appreciated, what, like, jump scare or moment has scared you the most? Like, what's, the most. what's gotten to you I mean, most? I don't keep track. I and, and here's the thing. Jump scares aren't my favorite types of, like, horror movie tricks. I think that jump scares are... They're fine when they're sparing. Jump scares are nothing more than a very good, not even very good, but just they're, like magic su- they're sound engineering. That's all it really is. It's a magic is. trick. Yeah. It's all about the production. It's all yeah. about the misdirection. And sound, obviously, is a big For sure. part of that. So maybe not j- jump so, scares specifically. Yeah. I, I understand. I understand. I, I think uh, a jump scare that made me come out of like my seat might have been in like not even a horror movie. Some okay. some other movies are have I've gotten some pretty good jump scares out of because you really don't see it coming. Yeah, I'd have to think about it. I don't know. I it wouldn't be any recent movie that's for sure. No it would probably be The Exorcist or something like that because that movie like really it, it, those aren't even like really jump scares. But like I'm thinking of movies that well, like you're that, in your seat and you th- can't move. That's what makes The Exorcist so fantastic. Is that it's not not really a lot of jump scares. It's like these really slow, drawn out, painful things that mm-hmm. just kind of make you but feel But when scary terror. things happen unexpectedly, yeah. like when she like, uh, you know, bursts the bile or whatever, yep. that was something that I was like, oh my God. Like, you know? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Did manage to, the first time I saw Exorcist was in a theater. Thank goodness. See, was, for me, uh, it was the opposite. I saw that one on TV for the first time because oh, it came out when I was, I don't think I was alive. You know I mean? Well, see, I I didn't see it in the theater because I was alive. They were showing it like at our like local dollar theater, and yeah, I so hadn't seen. I didn't it yet. live in a place where stuff like that was an option. So, age thirteen, perfect age to watch that movie on the big screen. Nice, great. cool. Well, thank you for answering my questions about. Oh, well, glad you could have me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for Cinemaholics this week, guys. All right, uh, don't go away. Cinemaholics is taking a break, but we will be right back. Hey, Cinemaholics, time for a quick. Aside, I'm here with with Kayla Savage, friend of the podcast. Kayla, do you do you listen to podcasts besides Cinemaholics? I like to mostly watch them. Watch podcasts, like video podcasts. No, I was just I didn't know that was a thing. I was, <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yes. Otherwise, I was your joke would have been a joke. amazing. 
Um, I listen to not often. I do not listen to podcasts often. Well, this is this is perfect. This is why I asked you to talk to me about this because we have a couple of podcasts to recommend to our faithful Cinemaholics listeners. If you want to add some shows to your rotation and you love Cinemaholics, we have a couple of friends that we want to let you guys know about because they're awesome. The first one is Part-Time Characters, which is actually part of the Cinemaholics Network on johnagroni.com. So so Part-Time Characters, it used to be called Now Conspiring. And Kayla Savage, you were a regular co-host that's of that show. The, that's the only reason I know about that one. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. I'd be like, I don't know these people, but I do very well. So for those of you who don't know, Part-Time Characters is the show where they discuss movies, both old and new, in a somewhat coherent way. They interact with fans, they're very sarcastic, they banter a lot, and the show is hosted by uh, my previous co-host, and she now runs the show quite well, I would say, Maria Garcia, along with professional comedian impressionists Sam Noland, um, Bridget Surdock, Adonis Gonzalez, and Jenny Pan. It's a great show. They're, they've been recapping recent Game of Thrones episodes. Kayla Savage, I know that you love Game I, of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. I had a dream just last night about Game of Thrones. And see, it probably would have been even more specific, and it would have been more... If you had done... A, if you'd listened to a recap of the most recent episodes. So be sure to check out Part-Time Characters. They also have... Uh, their recent main episode was... They talked about their favorite book-to-film adaptations. That was a lot of fun, and they talked about their favorite movies there. It's a great cast... Great podcast. I'm going to tell you about one, though, Kale Savage, that you aren't aware of. Um, that is the the Legendarium podcast. Uh, the Legendariumpodcast.com. You can go there and check this out. This is a podcast for fans of fantasy. It's hosted by Craig Hanks, Ryan Bruckman, Todd Wenty. And I got to go on their podcast a couple of weeks ago to talk about the Dark Tower. Kale Savage, you didn't see the Dark Tower. No. No, you didn't. I didn't because... You know, reasons. <laughs> you were you were so disinterested I was, in that movie. Yeah, that movie was not for me. The trailer came and went, and I remembered none of it. Well, for those of you who did watch The Dark Tower and you want to get some thoughts on it, these guys are awesome fantasy book readers and lovers, and they talk oh, about a lot of fantasy maybe books. Maybe they talk about Lord of the Rings, because that is something they, that I am into. They do. So they have... The, the great thing about this podcast, you can go to their website, legendarypodcast.com, thelegendarypodcast.com, and uh, they, they separate it out by series. So they have a Brandon Sanderson podcast series. I know that, Kayla Savage, you read some of Mistborn. They have a Wheel of Time series. They have all the Lord of the Rings, and they sit down, and as you can imagine, they talk about the books, and Do they it's ever great. play Dungeons & Dragons? Ooh, they, they did an episode about Dungeons & Dragons uh, a couple of years ago, I think, and it's pretty good. So if you like Dungeons & Dragons, uh, you can check out their archives. Maybe we can all get together and play sometime. <laughs> yeah, um, let me hit them You're up You're laughing, this and but I, they... I'm being serious. I'm being serious, too. I'm laughing out of like, oh, that is a great idea. That's a good idea, Kayla. I will <laughs> put that into action. I have one last podcast. Uh, if, you, if you're looking for a straight-up movie podcast, because we've, we've offered a couple like a comedy movie podcast and a, a fantasy book cop, uh, podcast with some movie stuff, uh, down the hall podcast. Uh, this is a great one. Go to down, down the hall podcast.com. Uh, Chet and Rodney are the hosts and they're on a mission to save movie night. They're great. They there's, those are 
Those are cool names. Chet and Rodney. They, they just go together, right? Yeah. Um, it's like they were born to podcast together. <laughs> yeah. I love they're, when... They're actually like, well, yeah, that's it. The idea is they go down the hall to meet up with each other yeah. to talk about oh. movies they should watch on movie night. I really love when you can just see like destiny intertwined in people's lives very clearly. <laughs> and this is one of those times, John. Well, down the hall podcast, part of the reason that is they have so much chemistry. They, they actually watch movies on Netflix, Amazon prime HBO now and all those things. And uh, not only do they tell you recommend movies that you should go check out on movie night, they also bring in people from these movies and they interview them. And they, uh, they did a recent episode for the one I love a movie that came out years ago. Uh, but they they talked about that one, and um, they they just kind of weed through all the the movies. I think the one, their most recent episode they interviewed someone from The Big Sick and talked to them, and I, they, they're just a great great podcast duo, very laid back, casual, but they love movies. And uh, if you love Cinemaholics, I think you guys are gonna like them as well. But I'll do it. Do you feel like you just you're caught up, Kayla Savage? Like you're ready to take on the podcast world and become a true believer? Maybe if I really dedicate myself. To listening, which is, as you know, one of my weaker, one of my weaker attributes, listening. <laughs> listening? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to say which it. Which means but. podcasts are a real challenge sometimes, because I feel like <laughs> someone's trying to teach me something, and as you know... Well, fortunately, well, I have recommended three podcasts not featuring learning at all. <laughs> well, yeah, but like when someone's talking, I feel like they're lecturing, like in a lecture hall, that was one of my favorite places to nap. <laughs> well, so, if you do want to sit back and relax. Well, um, the point is, podcasts <laughs> sometimes make me sleepy. These ones, I don't know if they'll make you sleepy, but I think you guys are going to like them a lot. Uh, you can find links to all of these podcasts in our show notes, and be sure to check them out. No, we're going to talk about another horror movie called Annabelle Creation. And uh, this is the prequel to the spinoff, Annabelle, which came out in 2014. Not a great film. Maverick, you didn't even watch it. Um, you did see the first Conjuring. Yes. As the name implies, I mean, we originally thought this was going to be Annabelle 2, but then they were like, no, it's going to be Annabelle Creation. And there's a lot of confusion going into this movie, because if you remember Annabelle from 2014, it, you know, just a year after The Conjuring came out, and this was billed as a spinoff movie, and it was going to be kind of the origin of the doll. And it's, it's a very forgettable film. It's very standard, you know. And it, Maverick, I think I filled you in like right before we saw this movie. And I'm after, glad I did. After listening to it and you describing, so I, th- I think I saw parts of it. I might have watched it like in passing at a friend's house or something like that. Because I remember some of the stuff you described. Hmm. But if you wouldn't have given me a rundown, I feel like I would have been lost for yeah, a lot of this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, as we'll say now, I mean, Annabelle Creation... Uh, is still connected to that movie, which might be a little bit confusing. So, uh, especially the ending, we might get. More, we're going to get more into that in the spoilers. But uh, yeah, so this film takes place in the fifties. Uh, so the continuity matches up, right? Because uh, the first Annabelle takes place in the sixties. Uh, the synopsis on IMDb: Several years after the tragic death of their little girl, a doll maker and his wife welcome a nun and several girls from a shuttered orphanage into their home, soon becoming the target of the doll maker's possessed creation, Annabelle. The film was directed by David Sandberg, who directed Lights Out last year, okay. um, and it was also written by Gary Daberman, who I'm not quite as familiar with. I think he just, he did some rewrites for other films, and uh, this is uh, definitely a big uh, big big credit for him. Um, the film stars Stephanie Sigmund, Letha Bateman, 
Ooh, Wilson, Anthony Lapadio, and Miranda Otto. Miranda Otto, who you'll remember from Lord of the Rings, uh, who's Erwin, and I don't remember seeing her in much since the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, except for War of the Worlds. I think she was in that as well. Um, but yeah, so that great cast, obviously, and you know, just pointing this out, it's part of the larger. It's called the Conjuring universe now, and it's a cinematic universe. It's something that they kind of uh, stumbled upon and. The films now include Conjuring, the uh, the Conjuring Two, which came out last year, which you didn't see, Maverick. Did not see that one again. Uh, that that fell into I, my. I really liked that film a lot. I, I want to I really after your it. praise that I heard from it when we were going to see um, Creation. I, I definitely want to see yeah, it. Yeah, you know the, the Conjuring universe movies. They're not for everybody. Again, the first Annabelle was not very good. Uh, there's going to be another movie coming out next year, The Nun which is based off of a character introduced in The Conjuring 2. And if you watch Annabelle Creation, there's a little, uh, you kind of get the hint that the nun in that movie is connected. They, they do like a little cameo Easter egg. It's kind of, it feels a little bit like, what? Like, why did we just talk about that? But that's why. Yeah. It's a, lo- it's a little reference. Um, and uh, they're also doing a movie based on the Crooked Man, which is another character introduced in Conjuring 2. And kind of the, the connective tissue is Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are these real life, you know, paranormal investigators. Mm-hmm. In real life, they were kind of terrible people who profited off of hoaxes and things like yeah. that. But the movies have made them heroes and really fun. And <laughs> um, they're, yeah, they're, they're great uh, and well cast, too. Uh, Annabelle Creation does not include any of them. It is a standard film, as we've alluded to, about explaining what the deal is going on with this Annabelle doll. Maverick Hines, you're a horror fan. You watch Annabelle Creation. Hour 49 minutes, what did you think of it? So, it's it's hard for me, because I like to analyze horror films based off of the big moments. Some would so, say to a fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll try my best not to... Uh, there's not a lot I can say until we get to spoilers, but I'm going to do my best to give you what I can. I think this movie did some things really well, and then I had some some pretty big issues with a couple moments as well. Uh, what I liked about it was, even though there were some pretty predictable jump scare moments, I felt like the jump scares that they included in this film were okay as far as where they were paced or where they were placed in the movie, right? Yeah, there's some good ones. Yeah. They, they weren't, you know, there were a couple of times where I was like, oh, this is, it's coming any second. And mm-hmm. they didn't do it. And I was like, okay, like that was good. It kept me invested. You know, I wasn't able to predict toes. a lot of the movie. Um, and, you know, I will say, even though, you know, like with most horror movies, you can always tell when it's going to happen, right? They go to the third, you see the dark black room behind the person, mm-hmm. they get silent, right? So you know it's going to happen. So even though this did fall into that pattern, as a lot of modern uh, horror movies do, a couple of them still got me. It's one of the first times I've actually yelled during a jump scare in a movie, which I thought was really funny because I was like, man, this is... We should say to the entire audience, it was a packed theater. They were into it. It was an event. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I think that's the first time I've been to a horror movie in a theater where like I saw, where the audience was like as involved in the, the paranormal movie. activity movies. That was one of my favorite things about the early ones. Yeah. Didn't see those in theater. Oh, Did not like those movies. Great. Theater. <laughs> oh man. Especially when it was still new. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, kudos to this movie for even though kind of falling into a little bit of a predictable uh, format at times, still got me. I thought that was really cool and I was really excited by that. Um, The biggest praise I can give this movie is that I thought at moments the sound mixing was fantastic. Um, One of my biggest faults with a lot of horror movies is like I just said, right? They do that kind of movement where you know the dumpster is going to happen and the movie gets silent. This movie at times, instead of going completely silent, 
went to like this really dull, annoying white noise that was consistent through a lot of the movie. Mm. And I loved it because... Didn't even notice that. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And, and there were moments where that went away and it was completely silent. Yeah. Um, but there was just this like really dull, like I said, annoying kind of white noise through a lot of the movie that that was irritating, right? And I think that made the experience better for me. It was kind of making me bothered, which made me a little bit more invested in these, you know, these tense moments. So I really, really appreciated a lot of that that sound and the music we were hearing. Um, also, the horror horror score was pretty good. It wasn't fantastic by any means, but I, you know, I, sometimes I get really bugged by like, oh yeah, this is what a horror score sounds like, right? Like it's it's nothing special. This one had some unique moments, and I really liked that. The biggest fault I have with this movie, like, and I think this is common with a lot of you know horror movies, is that there were times it's just like no human being would act this way, no rational person would make this choice ever. Right, and, and I can't go into the details of that just yet because I don't want to spoil anything. So I'll wait until spoilers to get into the specifics of that. But there were a lot of moments where I was like, "No, like you know, this is a house with what was it five, six young girls? Uh, I think six, seven, eight. Yeah, something like that. There's a a flock of young girls and three a adults, <laughs> and the these Lord's ad- flock. Yeah, and these adults are like, you know, this uh, stuff's uh, happening. Uh, I don't know. Uh, who, go to bed. Everything's fine, right? And it's just like. No, like you don't have to believe in whatever to see the things that they see and make the choices that, you know, so that, that bugged me a lot. The movie stretches believability so much. Yeah. It's a, it's an issue. Um, and but then, it's one of those things you, the, in the moment. Yeah. It's a, it's only a little distracting. It's more obvious the more you think about it, but exactly. in the moment, yeah, you can still follow and you're like, okay, well, this has to happen. I, I guess so. Um, the last thing I'll complain about is towards the ending, there's kind of an exposition and, that was one of the moments. There, yeah, the 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 third act, the climax, sort of like grinds to a halt, yeah. so that one character can talk for five minutes it, about explaining everything, and like it's fine in that we did need that explanation, but it could have been done a lot better. They could have peppered in that explanation better throughout sure. the movie, right? Yeah. It so, should have happened a long time before that, basically. Yeah. So, like you said, for for all this build and tension and stuff that we're waiting for, for it to like screech for, for this moment, I didn't like. And that was the only moment moment during the movie where I was like, okay, you know, yeah. here we go. Um, other than that, I know it sounds pretty negative right now. I, I actually enjoyed the movie. Um, first time in a long time that I've been scared in the theater. The jump scares got me a couple of times, which I really liked. Um, I, I had a good time and I walked away scaring you and your girlfriend for the rest of the night because I love scaring people after watching horror movies. I mean, you scared her. I kind of was like, I tried. (laughs) I did find the Annabelle doll on Amazon. It's 86. Yeah, you texted it to us. It's $86. So if you guys want to contribute to Mavericks torturing my roommates fund, please do that. John, tell me what you thought. I, I said in my review that Annabelle is, uh, Annabelle creations, the horror prequel we wanted years ago. Uh, it really is. It's what I wanted out of a standalone Annabelle movie in the first place, uh, the creepy atmosphere, the, you know, it's still a fundamental formulaic horror movie. Like mm-hmm. it's not original mm-hmm. or anything there, but there are bouts of imagination in it. And there isn't, there are enough things in it that are different that even for me, even watching a lot of horror films, it's pretty enjoyable. Uh, you know, the whole idea of like a bunch of young orphan girls, all mostly female cast. Uh, it's just a different dynamic, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that, some things could have been a little bit better in the casting. I thought the the doll maker father was almost a little bit too like uh, 
I don't know. There, there just wasn't much to him. Uh, he, he kind of comes and goes. And I, I, don't, I could have used a little bit more like from that backstory, I guess. Yeah, uh, I agree and, with that. But, you know, the, things, the, the thing that I really like about this one is that it's never slow. You know, something different and scary is always happening. It yeah. moves from set piece to set piece very naturally, very organically. The camera moves around in very interesting ways. It, it's always entertaining. It's always, it's always fun to watch. It's not a movie that you're going to feel the length of, really. Uh, I would say that it, it could have stood to lose about 20 minutes. I think that it went on just a little bit too long. And especially, like we'll talk about in spoilers, the very end was not necessary you know and then there's just sort of like a there's something that happens that like it doesn't feel very like there are a few scenes that just don't feel necessary that they could have easily cut out they feel like they're added because either they need to set up future movies or because they just wanted to do this would be cool right like this would be scary and you know sure it would but like we could all we do need those scenes where instead of characters being overly curious and making the same stupid mistakes over and over again, we could have used a scene of like trying to them trying to figure out what's going on and being a little bit more investigative. That's that's a horror fundamental that this movie avoids. Absolutely, yeah. and I think I get why because they are trying to avoid it being too much like other horror films. But mm-hmm. it, it does have its consequences. That I don't think they were prepared for. That said, uh, I think this movie is about it. It's not. It's not as good as the first or second Conjure, uh, but it comes within good distance. And I think part of the stuff that elevates it is so many creepy moments. My goodness! And they use the doll in ways that are just a lot better than uh, the first Annabelle. The first Annabelle, it was very confusing. Like, what can this doll do? How does the like demonic stuff work? And it was very inconsistent. And the scares just weren't very good. Uh, Sandberg clearly has a bit more of like a voice. He's, you know, a younger, not young, but like, you know, he, I guess young in like Hollywood years, uh, he, he has a fresh perspective, I'm trying to say. And it comes through in this movie. I, I want to see more from the guy, uh, especially with more original material like uh, Lights Out. And uh, yeah, it's a fun, fun horror flick. I, I don't think it's one that people are going to be very disappointed with. I think especially if you're in this, if you like these Conjuring movies, if you, especially if you like the most pre- recent one, this is going to be right in your wheelhouse. And if you like just basic horror films, I mean, this is not a movie that you have to see all the Conjuring films or any other. You don't have to see the first Annabelle to like this one. Mm-hmm. You do need to see the first Annabelle to understand the very last scene, I guess. But I mean, you can just ignore that scene, honestly. Yeah, you'd still enjoy the movie just fine. Yeah, you're just like, well, that happened, I guess. But like, for you, the movie ends at a different point, and uh, I think that's fine. Uh, and we got this covered, Matt Donato. Uh, review the movie as well. He said, Annabelle creation carves itself a fun little haunted house to play around in for a quick dose of scares and screams. Um, he wasn't quite as high up on the movie, I think, as I was. He gave it a three out of five, uh, which is a fair rating. And that comes out to be about a B minus. Okay. For me, the movie is a solid B. I, I think I like it just a little bit more. I give it a little bit more credit because I guess I just really liked... Th- there was some artistic stuff in there. There's this whole thing where... There's a dollhouse, and there's some clear parallel between the. It's like a playhouse, funhouse thing, and uh, all the play things. You know, the idea to make the the dad a doll maker, and like explaining how Annabelle becomes evil. There's some good stuff in that. It's good material. It, it's just to be to be totally clear, it's not a movie that's doing anything super new with the horror genre, but it still measures up to it, and uh, is definitely worth the time of casual horror fans. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also giving it a B. That's right to where it's at for me. 
Uh, it's definitely something I'd, you know, I'd recommend if if you enjoy going to see horror movies. This is this is a great one to get a couple friends and go go watch. Yeah, uh, I would. One see of the better one of the better horror ensembles. I forgot to mention. Yeah, right. There's not just one perspective. There are multiple perspectives, and the nice thing about that is that you never know which character something is going to happen to which character next, and no character is safe. Mm-hmm. Right, and like I liked it, and like every character was different, had their own arc, you know. And it was, it was, they did they use it in interesting ways. Still yeah. plenty of room for improvement, but good. Yeah. I, I think you kind of touched on this earlier, but I really appreciated how at any moment, like you just said, anyone, can, you know, it switches to someone else who's being tormented or haunted or whatever in some way. I really like how they didn't just leave it as the house, right? You're not just in the house this whole movie. There's a yeah. shed, yeah. there's a, you know, a well, there, there's all these different settings, which are it was a rich environment. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Um, I also really like a lot of references to the ring. Yeah, actually, yeah. The well, <laughs> one of the one of the actors' names is Samara. Yeah, so. <laughs> there's a the whole there's a thing involving like contortion that's out of the. Oh, I love that the ring. So yeah, yeah. That that's all I was gonna say. I, I it's a it's a good B for me as well. Cool. Well, let's let's talk about this movie in spoilers. That's our grades. Uh, yeah, if you like horror, go check out Annabelle Creation. It's a fun time. Um, but spoilers for Annabelle Creation. I'm going to spoil the whole thing. They start now. Okay. The first thing I want to mention, are we going to talk about the, the last thing, how the two movies connect? Uh, do you want to start with that? Sure, go for it. Well, no, you go first. Well, I, I was, was going to talk about some other stuff. Okay. Uh, just to explain kind of what I was saying earlier okay. with you know, more specifics. There's a moment where... Uh, what's what's the the dad's name? The man of the... I can't remember his name. Um, in the movie, I don't really remember his name, but... The only... Really the only sh- male. Yeah, the yeah. only male who's around. Oh, the the whole male, time. There's a male priest, but he he's in really for live like there. the opening yeah. scene and the closing scene, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a you know after this is very much towards the end of the movie. This is at the climax. You know, he you know he is killed by the demon thing, and the nun who is there kind of overseeing the children walks in, sees his dead body on the ground, and then immediately turns around to the girls and goes, "All right, time for bed." Yeah. And well, not immediately. They cut to... I like, know. The, yeah, they take the guy away. Whatever. I was so just like, what? Like, And that's what I was talking about earlier when I said there's just moments in this movie where like, no human being... And they could have written out of that. You know, they could have been like, we have nowhere to go, you know, something like that. But or, they didn't. And, and that would have been the perfect time for her to confront the wife. Yep. Right? Confront their wife. And that's where you get the exposition. And while she's giving the exposition, that's when the other little girl, because they don't have time, you know, so if they had timed this correctly, where like he confronts, um, he confronts, uh, the, the guy dies, basically. That stuff happens. Yeah, he confronts Janice. Maybe it's at like sunset. Yeah. And so like she goes, she confronts the wife. Um, they haven't done anything yet. She tells the girls to wait upstairs or whatever. And uh, the other little girl, the one with the bowl cut, that's while she's delivering the exposition, they intercut with scenes of her trying to kill the doll. Perfect. Right? And then the nun goes outside and is like, I know what's going on. Yeah. But instead, like that whole scene with Miranda Otto's character happens right after some ridiculous stuff has gone down. It yeah. was dumb. Well, it's like, it's not even right. It's like, it's a day later. You know what I mean? She's like, all right, everyone go to bed. And the next well, it's day. Not a, it's not a day later. Uh, it's that's It's that night. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's hours later. But, but like that's the thing. It's like they they should. Why would you stay there at that point? You know something weird is going on. Well, it's not even like you know something weird. Like someone's dead in blue and like you know. Like, but I do want to counter that with something I did like, which is like the fact when she's in. Uh, it's broad daylight, 
And that's when she gets like possessed. Like that was great. That, that was, was awesome. super surprising and genuinely terrifying stuff. And the you know demonic possession used the nun's like you know image as the thing that kind of sent her into the shed to get possessed. And this too. this movie works like gangbusters. Every time it was in the uh, the little girl's room. I always felt like I was in there. Yeah. Because it was so creepy. Yeah. But it was the way that they did the lighting, the the way the moonlight hit the bed, Annabelle sitting on the the doll sitting on the bed. There were some amazing shots. This movie is so tense. The this, the way the whole thing was composed, the sound as you mentioned, and and the only the, the the problem with that though is that you have this Janice character and they don't really they didn't explain enough like why she's so curious, why she keeps doing this stuff so that, that like, was gonna be my next thing when i'm talking yeah. about you know humans don't act this way right is she no she gets, child in the cosmos would do what that woman she did. gets you know invited into the room the first night this is when we kind of get introduced to mm-hmm. you know the demon the annabelle stuff like that we see the doll she gets scared stuff happens a clear ghost thing happens yeah. in front of her and like four hours later she's like you know what i'm gonna do that again again and and you know we know that that it's that it's even the movie knows that it's weird because the other characters don't do that yeah the other characters are like uh no like as soon as something weird happens to them they they stop stop. that activity they stop they They show the other little girl i I keep forgetting her name but she she goes to the room peers in slams the door yeah she's like nah but what they could have done is they they should have done a better job of getting to like why Janice was so obsessed with this doll, with this room. They don't. She, they show that she's genuinely terrified. She tries to leave, you know. And that was another thing is that like I thought it was unnecessary to have her to have two scenes where like you have her getting almost possessed. And uh, I didn't. I, I it was super cheesy when she sees a little girl for the first time. She's like, "What do you? Can you help me with something?" I. I liked it until the girl turned around and said, your soul. And I was like, come on. They didn't need that. Just don't talk. That was one of the things I was going to say. And this happens to me in a lot of movies, right? This is what happened to me with Insidious. It's like, I love the movie until you show me the demon or whatever. And then I'm just I'm not quite as... I thought that was fine. I I was... I thought they showed just enough. I don't know. Because I think they never showed... They never showed the demon full on. They show its hands. Let me explain a little bit. The, The, like... In the moment when uh, the man, we are bad with names in this one, <laughs> the man dies, right? Yeah, yeah. Janice confronts the him. Man. She backs away. She like contorts and turns into the demon. And you just kind of see like a shadow of it, right? Yeah, I that, thought that was fine. That I liked. I was totally okay, cool okay. with that. The few moments we saw just its hands, I'm fine with it. But like in the, the ending, the shed, yeah, when you see scarecrow. like his whole kind of body. Uh, you don't really, when he comes down like Spider-Man, that was the part where I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, I was just like, th- those are moments where I'm just like, I don't need okay. that. I'm so I can tense agree with you and I'm so invested in this movie. And then you show me like a, a Green Goblin painted black and I'm like, I don't care. I also thought it was kind of cheap to like set that up. So like, uh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cheap to, that all the characters basically survive, right? Yeah. Except for the dad. Well, and, and Janice technically doesn't, right? Like Janice doesn't, but like. She's dead. Yeah. They're, the they're, mom's dead. Uh, which mom? The mom. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. The parents die. Um, that whole family basically dies. That yeah. house is so haunted; it's ridiculous. Um, oh, okay. Thank you for reminding me. Another. I feel like I'm only complaining now, but like I said, I can only really talk about stuff when it's in spoilers. During this halting, kind of like whatever exposition part, we hear the story of what happens. Right? Mm-hmm. She dies. 
you know, they, these two outgoing Christians, they kind of paint them as outgoing right, Christian right, parents. Right. Yeah, they go to church. And she explicitly, uh, the mom explicitly says, we prayed to any power that would bring our daughter back to us. Right. And, and to that point, I'm with it. I'm like, that's compelling. That's yeah. like. Parents yeah. would do that, right? So then, you know, she explains how months go by, whatever, they see their daughter, but then they start to notice that this daughter is evil. It's not their daughter. It's a demon or whatever. They go through all the stuff. The mom loses her eye. They get attacked. They realize they're being haunted. They realize that the doll is the cause of this possession, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the whole movie. Sorry, guys. But <laughs> their choice after that is to go, this doll's haunted. This is what caused all the problems. Right. We should lock it in a closet upstairs. Which, did they say something, though, of like they tried to like get rid of it or destroy it and it didn't work? No. That, that again, they gave us that detail. Okay. I guess, like, I guess I you could read it. into it and be like, they couldn't let go or like they thought, I don't know. But then they also say that like, it's not their little girl. They saw a demon rip out her eye. It's not like yeah. she didn't know the severity of the situation. So they have some priests come over, save the mom from being fully possessed or killed or whatever. They put a bunch of Bible pages in a closet. In maybe, the same house. maybe they were convinced and they, they left this out. But I, I guess the idea is that they couldn't get the demon to leave the house and they don't want to leave the house. But again, human beings don't act like that. You almost lose your eye. You either want to die. Not almost. Or I mean. you leave, right? You know, so, and th- so there's that. It clearly worked, though, for me for 12 years. One thing that another like weird hole is that like, how did, why is it that when they, they managed to be fine for 12 years and then the little, the girls show up and again, stupid decision to have, like you have a, demo, a that's, demon living in the house. That's the next thing I was going to say. So you know that you have a demon locked in a closet upstairs. Yeah. You know yeah. how intense this thing is and you go, let's have eight young girls come over. Like, right. Yeah. Curious children. who They're not going to investigate anything. And I mean, he does lock the door, but so that it's just weird because then if the doll is like encased and can't do anything, how did it unlock the door, put the key in the dollhouse? They don't really explain. They they make it seem like this room, which is you know, like I said, been blessed. It's got Bible pages and stuff. They talk about how it's surrounded by God, so it's powerless or whatever. So it's 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 in prison, right? It's in a yeah. jail cell. But now that there are little girls in the house, all of a sudden it has power to break that barrier. And like after she closes the door and locks it, it can unlock the door and open it. But it couldn't do that for twelve years. I guess because they kind like of, the parents were well. That's what I mean, the know. mom kind of hints that like. It was just waiting for an opportunity to mess stuff up again. Yeah, yeah. but that doesn't make sense. It's, I guess for a movie that that is that length, it's not super long, but like they could have just done a better job of you know tightening that stuff up, and cut, we're, we're nitpicking it to death. Cut out the exposition, cut out that ending scene, and give us a little bit more important detail. Well, it's not even cut up the exposition; it's like sprinkle it better, tell well, that, it. That's what way. I meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then there is the very end, the uh, exposition scene, right? And and here's my thing with that. So, not the exposition scene, sorry. The, so, the, it's the end of the movie. The doll is like put into a cop car. We don't know what happens to it after that. And uh, the little girl. The, the, move the priest on. says this doll is no longer haunted. Because yeah, J- yeah, Janice has become, become the conduit. Yeah, Janice has right? become the conduit. And which apparently falls in line with the, the movies. Well, the next thing you see is that Janice, you know, she escaped. She's still possessed and evil and all that. She is adopted by two, the parents from the. Annabelle movie from 2014. So the plot of that movie, as I was explaining to Maverick, is that the parents have a young daughter and she's like in her 20s and she becomes like a Satan worshiper in the context of that movie and she Mm. and her boyfriend murder the parents and then Annabelle Wallace, the the actress uh, of that movie, the the name is 
Interesting. Um, you find out that that character's name is Annabelle and Janice changes her name to Annabelle and mm-hmm. we watch through the photographs that she ages into that character, but then they still use that same actress who doesn't look like her at all, but whatever. And uh, she murders the parents. It's 12 years later, I should say. And if you had never seen the first Annabelle, this would have been ridiculously confusing because it would have been like, well, who is that? Because then it ends with like the dad or the uh, the husband character in Annabelle walking to the house to see what's going on. Yeah. And you don't see like what happens after that, where like the the Janice character Annabelle, um, she the blood gets on the Annabelle doll, uh, because it, it's a weird coincidence too, because the mom in the Annabelle movie gets the Annabelle doll. It's like the same Annabelle doll. It's weird. It, yeah. It's it, it <laughs> the right. It's doll, either right? the same one or it's one of a hundred, like, or it's a different one that the doll maker made. I don't know. Well, th- maybe that's what they were alluding to at the beginning of the movie because they show him they show him stamping like limited edition one of a hundred, and he puts an Annabelle in a box. So, and it's supposed I guess it's supposed to be like a freaky coincidence or something like that. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. Spooky. Yeah. Uh, one reference I really did like though is uh, so this was like ridiculously loosely based on a real story of a Raggedy Ann doll, and in this movie, uh, Jan the Janus character when she's adopted, they give her the Raggedy Ann doll, which is supposed to be with the actual like it exists right now yeah. um in the uh the warren's house and uh, it's supposedly haunted so it was a it was a nice little nod to the true story um because for the movie they had to make it like the creepiest looking doll known to mankind yeah which so. again is on sale on amazon for 86 dollars. buy it for me not the Raggedy Ann doll. If you get that, um, be sure to email Cinemaholics and tell us your experience. Yeah, send that to Will Ashton. Cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll just, yeah, put Will Ashton's home address for you in the, uh, yeah, so you can just ship it to him. Ooh, I'm on the, the Warren's website right now looking at the photos Creepy of the stuff. actual. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, that'll do it for Annabelle Creation. Did you have anything to add, Maverick? No, that's it. I Even though we did just spend the last few minutes kind of tearing it apart, it is a good movie. It's fun to see. Yeah. Ple- you know, I think if you like horror at all, it's it's worth checking out. It's worth giving a shot. And uh, yeah, I, w- I would watch it again maybe. Uh, it, it, I don't usually rewatch like the Conjuring-esque movies. It, it, again, it, it, horror movies like that, with like the, when you know where the jump scares are, you know what happens. Um, I think the last horror film that I watched more than twice it's probably haunting in Connecticut. I think we, I mentioned it like briefly before. Yeah, I really like that horror film. I really yeah. like the twist in that one. That's a good one. But anyway, that'll do it for this episode of Cinemaholics. That's uh, it. It is a very short episode, but we had a good time. Thank you for listening. And as always, uh, please check out our Facebook page, uh, Cinemaholics Facebook, and uh, we can get live. You can get the most up to date, you know, updates on new episodes. I have a bone to pick with our listeners. Was that? No one has emailed and complained about me in weeks. Yeah. And I need like that weeks. attention. I can't, thir- <laughs> I mean, I need it. So please email us, uh, cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you're thinking about the show. Let us know if you want us to talk about anything specifically so we can put that into our programming. Or just, or just say, say hey. hi. <laughs> That's all we, I just want some, like I said, I just need attention. Um, and yeah, and if you like the show, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher, whatever you want to do. And uh, don't forget to check out my new book, Killer Joy, fantasy novel, available on Amazon Prime. Shameless plug. Shameless. <laughs> check it out. Um, and uh, I don't think. Do you have anything you want to plug this week? Matt no, Hans? I'm good. I'm content with my yeah, life and my grid. choices. Yeah. 
Don't worry about my life. <laughs> All right. Well, since Will isn't here, we'll let you know. Check out his uh, Shrek podcast. It ain't ogre till it's ogre. Aren't we joining him on that soon? We're going to be on the next episode, I think. That's going to be fun. Um, he and Matt Serafani do a monthly Shrek podcast where they watch the movie and talk about it every month. Um, it ain't ogre till it's ogre. Uh, be sure to check that out. And that'll do it for this week. Next week, I think we're going to be talking about uh, Logan Lucky and the Hitman's Bodyguard. Uh, Looking forward to that conversation. Again, be sure to look out for our last call coming out this week. Um, And that one's going to be about cinematic universes. Great cast. We were really fortunate to get Alicia Grasso and Matt Donato to come on and have a great conversation about, uh, you know, wondering, does Hollywood have a cinematic universe problem? So uh, that's going to be one to look out for. And that'll do it for this week from the Internet of California. I am John O'Goni. From what did you say it was? From the bowels of something? from the bowels of sinister sobriety. That one. I'm Maverick Hines. We'll see you next time. Bye.